What's going on, guys? Anthony here. So we're going through a very interesting time right now with the startup that I'm working for. And so, as I always do, I'm just doing a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, but more importantly, a little bit of networking to figure out what other brands are doing from an employee experience perspective, from a positive work environment perspective. Thus, uh, a few of the people that I decided to work with and talk to gave me a few cliff notes that I wanted to go over with you guys and just give you my spin and my take on them. Um, Something that I'm always trying to do is number one, again, like I always say, read, write, verbalize, work with people to make sure that I understand the content, right? read the content, write the content, verbalize the content, work with people to make sure that I'm understanding the content, understanding their perspectives, because it makes me a better HR leader. It makes me a better chief of staff. It makes me a better um, employee experience director. It makes me a better employee. It makes me a better leader overall. So that's what I'm trying to do. So again, I have a few cliff notes here, um, and I just want to give you guys my perspective on them. A flexible work environment are under the cliff, the, the, the main cliff note of positive work environment and what goes into a positive work environment. So the first thing that uh, a gentleman gave me was flexible work environment. Now, when I see that, just that, that simple statement, that cliff note, that objective, the first thing that pops in my mind is how are we designing, like literally from an external standpoint, how are we designing the workspace? How are we uh, designing and organizing their overall day-to-day tasks? Are we being flexible with their autonomy and their input on what they want to work on first conducive to certain projects? When I think of flexible work environment, I'm thinking of... um, I'm thinking again more along the lines of what they're working on, how long they're working on a certain project, their task switching autonomy and abilities. I'm thinking about that as I'm thinking about flexible work environments and and, and how impactful it can be to someone's overall psyche and perspective on the brand and more importantly, the perspective on their direct leaders and direct reports. Uh, The second cliff note he gave me was a humanistic workplace. For me, this is very simple, cut and dry. It goes in a couple different directions. The first thing, no bullshit will be tolerated. And what I mean by that is no disrespect, no raising your voice on a consistent basis that makes other people fearful of your opinions and perspectives, no uh, no aggressive disagreements, no uh, being just mean and rude. Like These things will not be tolerated to any level, to any degree. That's just a human good thing to do. On the other end, what I think of initially is calling out sick, um, PTOs, um, uh, doctor's letters and notes. I think of, um, burnout, right? Those are the core categories that kind of pop into my head. So I'll just go down the road of those burnout. Um, I I believe in it, right? I believe there's so much science that we can't deny anymore. I think if an employee comes to me and says, Hey, I'm a little burnt out. Do you mind if I just take 15, 20, 30 minutes to go for a walk, clear my mind, call my girlfriend, look on Instagram for a bit and just relax for a second. I think we need to start getting, getting a little bit more accustomed to that reality, accustomed to that perspective, accustomed to the way the brand is designed. Again, I think about uh, just the way that people are interacting on a daily basis. I think about laughter. I think about um conversations that are not directly correlated to the day-to-day tasks that they're, they're supposed to be working on and how long those go, those things go on. I think as a boss, as a leader, it is not my job to try to micromanage those conversations. I think, again, when I read the title of 
uh, the cliff note of being a humanistic uh, leader or having a humanistic workplace. That's the first thing that comes to mind. A very human, a very natural thing to do is allow those laughters, allow those um, off the cuff, out of box, not necessarily correlated to the task conversations. That's what a human does. And I believe if you allow those things to happen for 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes and just and then they will eventually get back to task because they will feel like they have the ability to just have those genuine conversations when something comes to mind. When they get a notification on ESPN that Anthony Davis has decided to go to the Lakers, allow the two co-workers to talk about that for 10 minutes and not put them in a box and get so fearful or uh, aggressive with them to the point where they are now afraid to to have those conversations they're running off to the bathroom to check their their uh espn notifications they're texting the other co-workers back and forth because they don't want to see the leaders watch them um, interact like you shouldn't have those variables so those just a few things that come to my mind when i see the cliff note of humanistic workplace uh, another one he gave me was culture of recognition i believe this the most right i believe that when uh a, a player, right? An A player, B player, C player, any player within your brand, in your company, whenever they're doing a good job, whether they're supposed to be doing that good job, whether, whether they surprise you of doing a good job, I think recognition is key. Um, I do this with my girlfriend. I do this with my sister. I do this with my mother. I do this with my friends. And I will definitely do this with the people that I lead. Um, I remember on simple things like door dashing. My girlfriend at this moment right now is doing a little bit of door dashing on the side. When she makes a hundred 174 bucks in a night and all she had to do is press a button and go to that place I still reward her I still tell her how amazing of a job she's doing I still tell her how proud I am of her now most of you will probably say well what exactly special did she do it's not the fact that she did something special it's more of the fact that she mentally stuck in there because driving all the time sucks it's more the fact that she had the open mind and the willingness to uh dash that night like it's more of the fact that i just want to instill that confidence and that happiness inside of her soul so that when she's doing doordash she can be a little bit more happy as she's doing it it's the same concept for an employee whether he sent an email and I love the way he properly um, organized the email or I really appreciated the fact that I told him something six months ago and until this day he's still putting it in the email or the fact that he decided to come into work uh, a few minutes early and prepare coffee for everyone else. Those small things matter. Those small little recognitions matter because at the end of the day it's going to make them feel so much better about you personally as a leader and the brand. The last cliff note was this fair and diverse work environment. Let's just talk about being fair. This one is the biggest right now and something I'm personally going through. If one of your employees, just one out of 300, out of 200, out of eight, out of 47, feel like the fairness scale is being skewed the wrong way, that can be a big problem because that natural conversation that that one employee that feels like things are not fair, if they have those one, two, three conversations with other employees, that can be a cancer that spreads faster than you couldn't believe. If that is happening, things can go dramatically wrong. And I don't think enough leaders are thinking about that. And it's something I'm personally going through and thinking about. A leader for the for a fact has to make sure that if an employee feels like there is being unfair treatment, don't uh, don't put the employee in a position where they feel like they're stupid for thinking that or they're wrong for thinking that. 
take some responsibility at for yourself as a leader and try to reverse engineer and have some empathy and some self-responsibility of why they would even think that. Why are they even assuming that there's um, uh, that there's some sort of unfair actions being taken? Why do they even feel like I'm skewing more to the left than the right? Like, why are things even occurring? Have a little bit of empathy and try to figure things out in a very calm-mannered way. Uh, fairness is something that's key. And again, if you do not tackle it immediately, it can spread through your company like a wildfire. And then the last thing I want to talk about is diverse work environment. This, the first thing that I see when I think about this, when I see this cliff note is more on the leader and not necessarily on the black, the white, the Asian, the European, the, the, I I don't think about colors and religions. When I think about this, I think about their interest and the leaders allowing those interests to be alive. I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of pairing strategically the fans of Steph Curry's, the fans of the NBA, the fans of a certain sports team. I'm thinking about as a leader being a little bit of cognizant of those fans of those sports teams, know a little bit about those variables and have those conversations and build and develop that glue with that tribe member around what makes them diverse and what makes them different. And again, strategically aligning the organization around everyone's little micro pockets of interest. I think that's super fascinating when brands do that. And it's super smart. And it's something I'm trying to do here. I don't mind out of 17 employees, there's a pocket of four, a pocket of eight. I I don't mind that. I don't mind when certain people are connected to other people more because of their passions and interests. As long as there's a genuine core faith and responsibility with each other and a genuine core kindness and empathy with everyone else, I don't mind the little micro groups because that's how life is. It goes back to the humanistic workplace. Not everyone is going to be absolute best friends with everyone, but everyone can have respect. Everyone can know about each other and respect those variables. And at the most highest level, everyone can have certain micro interests and be connected with another person based off of those micro interests. Now, of course, when I see diversity, I think of black, white, Asian, Native American, whatever the case is going to be. Of course, I want people to see other people like them in the workplace. But You know, I'm just giving you guys my authentic perspective. I'm an African-American. I come from an environment where I have a lot of black friends, white friends, Asian friends. I lived in the hood for a bit. I didn't live in the hood for a while. I've grown up in a $200,000 home, a $70,000 home, a $1 million home. I've seen it all. And I've never thought about color. I've always thought about, do I have enough interests that are aligned with them to be able to sustain a conversation in the room and feel comfortable and have them feel comfortable as well. And I think it's a branch responsibility to to strategically align something like that. But at the same time, as a leader, to have some context around the different interests and variables and diversity that make up your workforce. So these are just my thoughts around flexibility of work environment, humanistic workplaces, uh, culture and recognition, and and then again, uh, you know, fairness within the workplace and diversity inside of the environment and the culture. Um, I just wanted to make this content again for myself, but more importantly, to help you guys out to think about these things, to see things from another angle, another perspective, um, and just hear another voice. Appreciate it.